Let us join in prayer. Indeed, Spirit of God, come and dwell with us. Indeed, Spirit of God, open our hearts and minds. Indeed, people of God, listen for your spirit. For your spirit is here. For we pray in Christ's name, amen. It's sometimes difficult as a pastor to follow a great choral piece. <laughs> sometimes I just feel like saying amen, and we've done it, let's go home. Thank you. Today is Pentecost. It is the day to wear red, to celebrate the gift of God's Holy Spirit. The day to celebrate the birthday of the church. Actually, behind Easter and Christmas, this is the third biggest holiday for the church. And for me, it's very interesting that we haven't quite figured out what to do with that. I was talking to Tos, Tos before worship, and she was talking about how it is in the Dutch Reformed Church. And I said, yes, I was in South Africa once, right before Pentecost, and it is a really big deal that they would come for 10 days. The ascension occurs, and then there's 10 days, and Jesus tells the disciples to wait for those 10 days and to gather for study and prayer. And that's what they do in the Dutch Reformed Church both in South Africa and in Holland. They gather for Bible study for 10 nights, and they have prayer for 10 nights. And so when Pentecost hits, they are ready. I can see all of us good Presbyterians gathering for 10 straight nights. <laughs> My husband and I looked at the man we were staying with who was a minister, and we said... Willie, I just can't see this happening. To prepare all that, plus Sunday? He says, what do we do? But I can't quite figure it out why we haven't come up with something good for Pentecost. I started to think in my own mind, it's maybe because we haven't, or our whole consumer culture hasn't figured out a way to capitalize on this. <laughs> Christmas has been totally co-opted by the man in the red suit and cards and glitter and trees and songs that aren't carols. You know, Easter now is taken over by a bunny and, you know, eggs and chocolate and springtime. Maybe we don't do a good job on Pentecost because our society hasn't taken it over yet. But I'm going to offer you some possibilities. With the risk of any one of you picking this up and making it happen, you're going to be in trouble. <laughs> so I offer some suggestions. First, I think we should market red Pentecost cakes. 
for parties with candles, those special ones that don't go out when you try to blow them out. God's spirit wouldn't go out. Or red scarves and ties with doves and flames on them that we all could wear and let them blow in the winds. And I've come up with the perfect meal for Pentecost. Martha Stewart would be proud. <laughs> I would recommend it little roasted doves under glass. <laughs> Sick, huh? Sorry. <laughs> with, with various foods from all over the world, beans and rice and the like surrounding it. A multinational. And if you are from the Midwest, like my husband, you would have to have a yellow, orange, and red jello salad to go with it. <laughs> or we could get special birthday cards that we could send to our church family members, Pentecost cards, and we could write letters and put them in there, talking about not the events that occurred during the year, like those wonderful family Christmas cards, but, but where God's spirit has touched us and where we've seen God's spirit at work in the course of a year. Or maybe we could get red Bic lighters and we could all snap them at one time like they do at concerts and hold them over our heads. <laughs> I'm sure Bic would be happy to oblige. And just to compete with the man in the suit and the bunny in the grass, I'm suggesting that we have a special magical dove that would fly over our houses and fly down and deliver whatever magical doves would deliver. <laughs> Perhaps, you know, tacky religious doohickeys? I don't know. Just, just things. Somebody better stop me before I keep going here. <laughs> I get on a creative roll and it's tough. No, I'll stop. But the possibilities are endless. And if I see any of these next year, you're all in trouble. But Pentecost is difficult to understand, and maybe that's why we haven't pursued it more. What do you make of a group of people waiting, waiting, and waiting some more, hanging out together for 10 days, and then all of a sudden, this mighty gale of wind blows through. I was glad to see today was a windy day. Gale of wind blows through them. And then there are tongues of fire that rest upon their heads. And suddenly they're all talking in different languages. Yet somebody, all of them, understand one another. How do we comprehend that? Those who first witnessed it, you know what they said? They must be drunk. It's still morning, though. 
they're drinking this early in the morning after 10 days of being together, I guess that's what happens. <laughs> but how do you understand such an evangelistic activity that when Peter tries to explain it, he instantly gains, if we were to keep reading the story, he instantly gains 3,000 converts. What would you do with 3,000 new members? I don't think they'd all fit here, would they? What would we do with 100 or 200 or 300? Maybe that would be a little cave, but we couldn't handle that influx. But it's nice to dream. We marvel at the presence of God's Spirit breaking into our world. The Spirit's difficult to grasp, it's hard. We can understand Jesus. He was one of us. We can understand God kind of as his creator because we see God's creation around us. But the spirit, there's really no way to fully describe with a reasonable explanation this feeling that does justice to the truth of how the church came into being and how kind of a a timid, bumbling group of men suddenly were lit on fire and went forth to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, this Pentecost celebration traces its roots much further back. It initially began as a celebration of the harvest. And then as they, the Jewish community grew, it became a celebration of God's gift of the law, the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. And so they gathered to celebrate the gift that God gave them the law, that God cared enough for God's people that they had this and could follow. And in both of those activities, the harvest and the gift of the law, there was a sense of a new beginning. Something in the past was ending. Now there was something new. We had food, the harvest. The... And we also then had the newness of our new relationship with God in the law. Something, though, in this newness was waiting to be born. Something yet was going to come and spring forth from it. It was new life in the Spirit of God. And that's what Pentecost represented then. And this wonderful incident that we have in the book of Acts is what happened. They gathered. It was Pen Pentecost. And suddenly something changed. There was this newness of the wind blowing through and the fire and their hearts were stirred and it went forward. I would bet the reason most of you are here is because sometime in the course of your life something happened and you went, wow. I think I just had 
a moment where I've experienced the presence of God in my life. God's spirit at work. God's spirit works in a whole variety of ways. One day, I, in my former church, when I was serving the church in Baltimore, we had collected books for our local school, an inner city school. And we were giving boxes of books for each grade. The teachers had told us what books would be helpful. And we had collected enough for all the first graders now to get books. And a group of students was staying at the church from Michigan on an urban mission for the week. And I said, I've got a perfect opportunity. I've got people from my service committee. I've got these college students. We're going to carry over all these boxes of books and give them to the school. Well, the principal, Mrs. Graves, said, I'm going to do better than that. I'm going to make the two first grade classes available at that time. So when you bring the books over, we can read. So the class I went in with some of the college students and some of the service committee, and we sat down, and it was March, and I pulled out a Dr. Seuss book, and I said, hey, it's Dr. Seuss's birthday month, and I read them The Cat in the Hat. And the kids were very good and very attentive, an act of God's spirit in and of itself, but <laughs> then we opened the box, and the winds of God's spirit just blew through the place. Books were flying, and the college kids were grabbing books, and the service committee, and the kids were grabbing books, and they all started to sit down together on this rug, and were reading together. And it was hard to hear exactly what they were saying. Occasionally, I'd hear a kid make a cat noise, and occasionally, I'd hear a college student try to do Eeyore's voice from Winnie the Pooh, and all these different voices. And I had stopped, and I was trying to take pictures, which, you know, good promo piece for the church. And it was a wonderful activity of God's spirit. Such love and such joy from books. Indeed, it was a joyful noise unto the Lord. They were understanding God's spirit being celebrated right there. Maybe you've witnessed similar types of events. A service of worship, perhaps, that moved you in such a way that you could feel the spirit of God alive. Or maybe you sat with a youth group and suddenly you saw the light switch go on and they looked up and they said, oh, I get it now. I now understand who this Jesus was and the importance of God's love. Or something nudged at your heart and said, you know, you haven't visited Mary in a long time. Where'd you go? And you went, and Mary said to you, how did you know? that I needed a friend right now. I pay attention to those nudgings. Or you finished singing a choral piece, perhaps. 
And your voice is blend in such a way that something else happens in the midst of all that. And you end up singing and going, wow, that was amazing. Or maybe you're particularly, particularly anxious about something and you can't figure out how it's all going to end up. And suddenly, you feel this calming presence. And you know God's spirit is with you. It's hard to describe We have them. It's the work of the Spirit of God, I'm convinced. One night I had this older man in a congregation whose wife's funeral I had done, and I invited Dr. Jay to come over to our house for dinner. We sat down at the table, had a wonderful dinner together. He had very few friends. He was probably 80 at that time. He left. I gave him a doggy bag to take home because I knew he didn't have anybody that was really helping him with food. And I'm driving him back home, and he says to me, Allison, he said, thank you. He said, that was the best birthday I've had in years. Did I know it was this man's birthday? I would have baked a cake. The Spirit of God, I bet. We celebrate the birth of the church this day because we know that Spirit's alive. This incredible plan of our loving God who in sending God's Spirit to us fulfilled Jesus' promise to be with us to the close of the age. He is here. We need to be attentive to that spirit. We need to open our hearts and open our minds and see the action of the spirit when it occurs. And when it does, to give thanks. And to be attentive and to claim it and name it and share it, that others too might come to know the love of God and Jesus Christ in our world today. Happy birthday, my friends. You don't look a day older than 1,893. Catch the Spirit of God. Amen. Loving and gracious God, help us to catch the Spirit. Help us to witness to it. Help us to recognize it. Help us to share it. For we give you thanks this day that indeed you gave us such an amazing gift. Amen.